Welcome to the PCS to Corporate America podcast from Cameron Brooks. Our mission here at Cameron Brooks is to help educate junior military officers about their transition options and to inspire veterans to transform their lives and their careers. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Cameron Brooks podcast, PCS to Corporate America. And uh, for me, I have, this is a special guest for me, uh, Troy Prehar is our guest and Troy is an executive in medical device sales. He's had a career, a 26 year career in medical device sales. And why do I say it's special? Uh, because Troy and I served together uh, at Fort Hood, Texas uh, 26 years ago. Uh, it's also special because Troy is forever indebted to, indebted to me. I always remind him of this. He made me stand duty for him 24 hours and he never paid me back. So it's always He's always indebted to this. And the next thing is, is that Troy and I uh, have the opportunity. I really say it's a privilege. There is a university here nearby that Troy's oldest son attends. It's Shriner University. And they have a leadership institute where they have all their veterans programs are inside of this organization, as well as they have uh, almost like a core of cadets. uh, And they put their people that are doing ROTC, people that want to go to the academies, uh, maybe leaving the university to do that. And so Troy and I are, are on this advisory board, and it's been special to reconnect with him there. Well, before I let Troy introduce himself, the reason why I wanted Troy on the podcast, too, is that Troy put, played football at West Point. And since we're in September here, and uh, this is the start of the college football season, and Troy played college football, I thought it would be a good way to kick off our um, kick off September and the college football season with Troy. So Troy, go ahead and I took a lot of time introducing yourself from my perspective. Well, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about you? Hey, Joel, thanks so much. I appreciate it. And I, I have a saying that all is right in the world when it's football season. It just, the, the, these next four to six months are, are are a special time. They go really, really fast. And uh, I think for all of us that that play sports or had had sports in our background, this is a, this is a fun time uh, to do that, especially those of us in the professional arms uh, football itself is still considered one of the last bastions of of battle. All the parallels there between football and the military are are well known. Um, I'm I'm still coaching. I have five children, Joel, as you know. My youngest is uh, 11. He's on the sixth grade team, and I'm coaching them. It's my last year coaching. So if you can think about this, with my four boys, I've been coaching youth football since 2010, 16 total seasons. Because there's a couple of years there where I coached two teams at the same time. 16 seasons of youth football. So yes, football is very much a part of my life (laughs) and all that I do. Uh, It's a great, great time to do that. I also need to say, Joel, thank you. Um, There's a lot of stories you could choose to pull up and talk about from our past. And uh, the the inability for me to repay your service duty (laughs) for covering OIC for that night uh, I appreciate that you didn't select some of the more uh, colorful stories. Yeah, they're not an, they're not appropriate for the podcast <laughs> for public consumption. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Joel, just as a quick introduction, um, thank you again for for having me here. Cameron Brooks is near and dear to my heart as a Cameron Brooks alumnus um, and, and a customer who's come back multiple times to hire people for sales teams. Um, I think you know how much I love what you guys do. For those of you who've never had a chance to to use Cambrooks, I want to turn this into a a commercial. But the quality of the candidates, um, Joel and I were just talking before recording about the family that is Cameron Brooks. The integrity of the people that are here is 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 unmatched uh, in in my experience in the entire world. Um, so 
thank you guys for what you do. I love being a part of that. Um, I'm a first generation American. Um, why do I say that? My dad came to America as a young boy. Uh, he was a refugee, uh, 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 expelled out of Ukraine and uh, grew up in different uh, refugee camps as a young boy uh, around Poland, uh, Germany, and other places uh, in the days after World War II. And uh, my dad tells a story of um, sitting there in one of those refugee camps, seeing some American soldiers coming by. And for my dad to tell the story as a young man, he says the world was always gray in those days. And he saw a soldier, they were in formation, they'd been marching, and he was eating an apple. He said, I've never seen a color that red before. And I guess apparently the soldier saw my dad uh, as a little boy staring at it, uh, at that apple. And uh, he threw the apple to my dad. And my dad ate. He said, I've never had anything that sweet or that delicious in my life. Um, I tell that story because my father, um, after he came and immigrated to America, grew up and was trying to figure out how he was going to pay for college. And for him, he had never forgot that gesture of kindness by that soldier and he went in and, and went ROTC out of University of Minnesota and uh, had a, a great career in the military. So 27 years, Airborne Ranger, retired as an 06. And um, for my brother and I, we both knew we were going to go in the military. Uh, it made the most sense. So both my brother and I went to West Point, uh, played football there, and, uh, and served uh, afterwards, which was fantastic. Um, when I got out, I immediately um, thought I'd go and do engineering. And uh, it was Roger Cameron um, who said, Troy, you need to look at some of these other opportunities, not just engineering things, because we think you'd be good at sales. And uh, I pushed him on it, pushed him. And for those of you who remember Roger Cameron out there, uh, there's no, you cannot push that man. <laughs> I still had plenty of sales opportunities or a handful of sales opportunities in my in my schedule. And uh, as I sat down and I met with one of the, one of the companies, I, I won't mention the company, but they were explaining how much money you could make. And I kind of looked at it and I said, okay, I can do the engineering side or there was this upside opportunity about sales. And when the stigma of sales had been removed, that it was about problem solving, that it was about finding solutions, that I was going to be able to use a lot of the skills that I had in the military and before to solve people's problems, not go knock on doors. Not that there's anything wrong with that kind of stuff, but it was it was something that I had had a negative connotation in. Um, I said, all right, great. And, uh, and I took a role. And it was uh, fantastic. Loved it. Uh, brand new, uh, brand new uh, salesperson, in New York City. Everything I owned, I could fit in the back of my Volkswagen Jetta, and uh, showed up. Uh, walk around the biggest uh, hospitals in New York. I had two suits. I had my pair of low quarters. That's all I had to get started. And uh, it launched a fabulous career for me. Um, I had a lot of success. Moved in, did uh, startups, and worked at big companies in the device world. Uh, two year stint in Europe. Um, loved every bit of it. And it's, it served me and my family well uh, in all the various roles. Um, I've had been blessed to do sales management, um, sales, some marketing, uh, health economics stints. And then uh, today I lead a sales enablement team, which covers everything from sales training to the back end operational side of things to the documentation and, and uh, uh, compliance side of what we have to do for a, for a large Fortune 100 company. So very happy to be doing that. It's, in, it's incredible. As long as I've known you, I didn't know the story about your dad immigrating yeah. from Ukraine, nor did I didn't know that he did ROTC at the University of Minnesota. Is that where he grew up, was what was in Minnesota? Yeah, there's there's uh, Northeast Minneapolis, uh, just off University. There's a large Ukrainian community there, and that's that's where he grew up. And uh, small little Cliff Clavin tidbit, um, the only pre in America 
uh, are the ones that came through that time through Ellis Island. For those of you who have a family that came through Ellis Island, you remember most, or you should know, most people couldn't speak English. So they would ask you your name. And, and the, the folks that were there doing immigration would try to write your name as best as it could be, as it sounded. So Prehar is actually a bastardization of Prehart, uh, which is spelled differently than the P-R-E-H-A-R. So for my brother and I, with our kids, we're, we're the only Prehars here in America, other than the ones that came through with us, uh, oh no children. So yeah, it's kind of a cool thing. And I don't want to spend too much time on this because um, we want to get into why JMO sales and things like that, but that could not have been an easy time to be an ROTC at the University of Minnesota. People that they would know about history. Your, your dad had to be, you know, what, 1963, 64, 65, 67 yep. time frame. And the University of Minnesota was, go is, was going through an incredibly pivotal political polarization at that time. That is not an easy time. My dad was actually at the University of Minnesota at the exact same time. Um, and this, cause my, my family, maybe we never connected on this, Troy, but while we do, <laughs> my, my family's also from St. Paul, right. uh, Stillwater area. Um, but, uh, that's a, we'd have to dive a little bit deeper into that when next time we get together in the one-on-one, -on -one. but you know, you talk, let's go, maybe we should just jump into the sales thing for just a yeah. minute, Troy. What is it that, why are junior officers, what makes them good at sales? Oh, let me back. I'm going to color that in just for a second before you answer that. Because you also did some side yep. support on your, for a while where you, for other companies, where you'd help them onboard JMOs and sales. I want to give that color. What makes junior military officers good at sales? Yeah. So, so let me, let me set the stage here, Joe, because it's, it, it's a passion that I have um, just, just because of what I went through and then some of the teams I had. So I mentioned, I started out in New York City. I was part of an LBO that was in the process of being acquired by a large company out of Boston. Um, within the first year that acquisition had happened, um, that company was a biotech company and we were a surgical sales team um, and they didn't really know what to do with us. So they kept us as kind of a separate startup company um, and we kind of, we got to do our own thing, but we were treated like a startup. So if you imagine this is the late nineties uh, before the dot-com bust, a lot of money, a lot of excitement, lots of startups out there. Um, but if anybody who's ever done a startup, you know that uh, you wear multiple hats. And my job was, I, I had a lot of success. They said, all right, Troy, you're building out a new team and you also need to do all the training. You're the first sales manager. I had to hire two other sales managers. But my job was to do all the training of everybody. And of course, I'm, this is not a commercial again. I did turn to, to Cameron Brooks. I hired probably half of the sales team out of the military because that had been my experience. I, I knew it. I was comfortable as a young manager. I hadn't had a chance to explore the the ability to hire other people and see the benefits of different profiles and, and bringing them forward. Um, but what we were looking for were these attributes that managers, that, that former military folks have, and it's not just officers, it was also uh, NCOs and others, was that, that dexterity in the face of the time of trial. So the ability to stand there uh, when there's rejection, but also the ability to have composure when there's other opportunities and that's that's exactly what we have to do as leaders in the military you have to have that adaptability that resilience the ability to see in layers as i like to say to understand what it is what the customers talk about today what's leading to those what are the causal pieces that are leading to what they're telling us about and then you have to ask the right questions it's no different than as a young officer doing met t analysis or or, or trying to come up with a battle plan for an op order or something like that you have to look in layers 
and anticipate reactions and understand why the terrain might do something or why I'm limited in certain fires or other other pieces. Um, when when we take those skills from the military and transpose them to sales skills, um, we find that a lot of folks would come in and they had a degree of mental toughness that was maybe um, uh, more advanced than uh, folks that weren't in the military. Um, to also be clear, we had some folks that came out of the military that needed the structure of the military and the freewheeling nature of, wow, now somebody, you know, someone's not telling me what to do. I've got to figure out where I'm going to go to. That that was a challenge for some people to come over. But um, you're right, Joel, that after doing that for a couple of companies, um, one of the gentlemen that I played football with uh, and, and had hired at one of those roles came to me and said, you know, there's a formula here for what we're doing and we could probably help other people do the same thing. And uh, so we started, I had actually reached out to Cameron Brooks and asked for some information and I looked at it and what I was finding was there was a lot of people out there doing military recruiting. And what I didn't like was the amount of churn that was happening. A lot of other recruiting companies would hire people out of the military because they were so desired, but they didn't necessarily try to get a good fit for what they were doing. And more importantly, if somebody wasn't there to help them to decode what made them successful and then translate it to the sales world, we had a high failure rate for a, for a good number of those military officers. And to me, as someone who's grown up in the military and, 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 you know, was fortunate enough to go to a service academy, I, I always feel like I have an obligation to give back and to serve others as part of the oath that I took. Um, and I didn't like seeing folks that had served their country and struggling when I knew they had the capability, but they didn't know how to apply those skills in that sales environment. So Kevin and I had had started a consulting company. We did it for a couple of years. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, we did it as a for profit for a couple of years. Then we turned into a nonprofit where we were just openly advising people, doing resume networking, giving people coaching uh, as they got out there. And that was really just a way for Kevin and I to give back to to folks that were serving. Uh, and we still do that today in different forms, uh, just as a way to help the brotherhood, uh, everyone that's in the profession of arms, like that, Joel. What do you think is the hardest transition for a military officer into a sales career? You went through it yourself. Yeah. Um, you've coached people through it. What is the, the th if somebody were to go into for per se a sales career, what would be your counsel? Okay, this this is going to be a bridge that you're going to have to cross. Beware, it's coming, and here's how you navigate through that. Yeah. It, it, so, Joel, it's such an important question that you asked there. Um, and the reason why I say that was I was one of those people, again, you heard this story that said, I'm never going to be in sales. I I'm introverted by nature. You might not think of it based on how I sound on this podcast, but I, I'm one of those people that recharges by reading a book or being you know, in, in a room by myself. I, it's, I have to really bring up a lot of my energy for those people that understand Myers-Briggs and Jungian psychology. I have to really put a lot into being forward outgoing, that kind of stuff. And and I enjoy it. There's enough there. I understand what makes me tick to be able to do that. Um, I think that most of us though, that are out there, sales still has sometimes a negative connotation, unless you know somebody that was in sales. For somebody who grew up in the military, I didn't have that appreciation. And what I would just tell you is the same advice that was given to me nearly, what, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, is that sales is all about understanding the other person. And by the way, if you've got a significant other, you're kind of in sales. There was a chance there where you were selling yourself to your spouse, trying to get, you know, you were interested in somebody or that person was interested in you. However, all of us have participated in sales exchanges, whether you bought a house, bought a car, or done something. Um, and some of you've had negative experiences and that's colored it. Those pieces are there. But 
well, I think my 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 military brethren that have gone out there, um, the they understand and be aware that sales is nothing more than what we do as leaders on a regular basis. It's solving problems. It's trying to understand people's problems and finding a way to propose those solutions. That's what sales is. To look at it as a way, this is how I make money, really diminishes the the the, the industry and the vocation of salespersons. Um, it's really much closer to leadership. We're solving problems and trying to help people to achieve their goals. If you approach it from that standpoint, there's no threat, there's no drama, there's no, do I have to close them or any of these things you'll hear about. It's about accomplishing something together. And that's what we as leaders do on a regular basis. Joel, let me offer one other comment there. One of the things that is, as a sales manager, I would love to hire are people in the, at military, but people that also played sports. And this is supposed to be about army football as well. Um, I will tell you that in people in the military, those that played sports, I've always gravitated to as potential salespeople. And some of it has to do with the, you know, it, working in the profession of arms and having to accomplish missions and attack and go do great things. All of that translates beautifully. But the ability to be on the fields of friendly strife, whether it's the volleyball court, whether it's, you know, the pool and water polo, or it's rugby, or it's wrestling, or whatever it is. That fact that you've had to also be mentally and physically tough like that in a different environment than just army tells me that you've already had to transpose those same skills. The same things that make you successful on those battlefield are the same ones that make you successful on the sports field. And so when I see folks that had experience in both of those, maybe they were a captain on their football team or, or had done some of this other stuff, I would always grab those candidates first. And so I would say any of you that are out there that have sports in your background like that, if you've ever thought about sales or you're not sure about sales, you're already ahead of the curve in that you've been able to take what makes you successful as a, as a military professional and be able to do it in different environments. And you'll be, you'll already have a step ahead in being able to do it in the sales profession. Should that be something you want to pursue? You've done a great job of like of really tying all this in together. I want to pivot as we land the plane here in the last few minutes of our podcast. One of the things that's come up recently in the last couple of weeks here in conversations is about finding meaning and purpose. Let me give you a little bit of background and and um you know I I think this and this is a good thing. I think generationally this generation that's really important to them. I'm not saying it wasn't important to us, but it's more overt. And that is actually not a critique. It's it's a good thing. I like that. We have one life to live. We want to live it on purpose. We want to do things that matter. One of the things I hear is how can I find meaning and purpose in my profession? Now, and you can use tie this into your career. You can tie this into watching other people's career, whether they're manufacturing. Your brother's been in manufacturing. Um, you've been in sales. You've talked about making good money. I mean, what are all the different ways, Troy, that you have found meaning beyond wearing the uniform? serving in the military, how have you been able to find meaning outside of the domain of in the military? Joe, your observations are spot on. In, in, in the work that I do outside of my day job that pays the bills, I see that so often with the youth. I see with my own kids that are, are trying to launch right now, my own children um, in, into their young lives right there, that, that, that sense of purpose, that higher calling, that what, what's the impact I'm making in the world is very important. Um, I, I would also like to highlight that for those of you that might be considering a transition out of the military, that's also one of those things you wrestle with is, you know, I, I know what my mission was, what, what I could do with the military, 
how is that something I can do when I get out? Um, I, I will tell you that regardless of what you do, especially in, in my profession in sales, I always found satisfaction in helping customers achieve their goals. Now, not everyone is motivated by those same things, but I, I want you to know that, especially as somebody who's in the military today considering a transition, that you will be able to find incredible satisfaction. And, and if you approach it from that standpoint, if you, your role of, I'm trying to help you achieve what you want to do, there's immense satisfaction there alone. The profession of sales in particular, Joel, does give you some latitude in time in your day. Um, and so I remember as a young salesperson in New York City, I found a high school that needed a wrestling coach. And I remember helping, it was actually a customer, uh, Emma up at Montefiore Hospital up in the Bronx. It was her son who was in high school who wanted to wrestle. And they, the high school didn't have a wrestling coach. And so I volunteered my time over there doing that. Um, it wasn't a lot of time and, and her son enjoyed it and ended up pursuing football, but it was a lot of fun to serve. It was great to be able to give back and to make a difference in that capacity. And, and I would just encourage you that if you feel that calling and that yearning to have to serve and find ways to give back, there's certainly no shortages, whether it's through your church or through your community in different ways. Uh, Joel mentioned earlier um, th this role that we do at the Shriner Institute in Kerrville at Shriner University where we serve on the advisory board for the Corps of Cadets, we are helping so many different people find ways, avenues into the academy, uh, ways, green to gold programs, ways to use your, your veterans benefits in a tiny little school, a school that has 1,200 students, 12 to 1,300 students, um, but we're serving um, 50 to 100 people out of every class in that, uh, in that institute like that. And it's so fulfilling to see some of the stories there and to hear the stories from kids who didn't have maybe some of the opportunities that others did and being able to help them achieve those goals like that. So yeah, it's it's an important point you bring up there. And and thankfully, uh, those of us coming out of the military, if sales is your route, it's one of the great ways you can find that satisfaction. I think that, I'm just gonna comment on one thing, is that there's more margin. You didn't work hard in, in when you when you leave the military, but there's just this, even I, I worked probably more hours than I did even in the military. But at the same time, I have more margin. It's like, how is that possible? I just, I guess, because I have more, I understand more of the schedule. And um, certainly, as I've gotten older, my family has gotten older. I'm not as tied to some of the, the family and children's events. There's been more margin to serve in different ways. I think that's the key: is it's not going to just come from the work that you do, but this holistic life. There'll be opportunities you start looking around to serve on boards, to serve as a volunteer coach, to to tutor, to mentor, to, gosh, there's, there's an infinite number of ways to find meaning um, as well. So that was a really good point, Troy. Troy, thank you so much for, for being the guest here, and I appreciate your time. Thanks, Joel. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Camera Rooks Podcast, PCS to Corporate America. Our next episode will be released on October 3rd, and of course, that will be the post-conference webcast that we do. I'm currently in the process of lining up a few alumni who came to the August 2023 conference to basically tell, tell their story, how they prepared, how it went, what happened, just give the whole, you know, best practices after action review, if you will for the August conference. So stay tuned for that one. That's coming out October 3rd. Of course, if you want to know more about Cameron Brooks, who we are, what we do, you can find a load of information about us um, on our website, cameron-brooks.com. Of course, we're on a lot of social media platforms to include YouTube, LinkedIn, 
uh, Instagram and others. Um, if you want to talk to someone from Cameron Brooks, you can always call us directly, 210-874-1500, 210-874-1500. Until the next episode, thanks for tuning in. Make it a great day.